Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. Hello, this is part two of my conversation with Jennifer Rose. To uh, listen to part one, just head to the show notes, there's a link there, or just look back a couple of episodes and you will see it. I would strongly recommend that you listen to part one and then listen to part two, but that's up to you. This episode does feature an entire conversation all on physical mediumship. We don't tend to repeat the same content. So if you love everything mediumship, definitely head back and check out episode number one. All right, here we go. This episode has been brought to you by Raw Raw Consulting and the Raw Raw Spirit Team Mentorship. Hey, it's Lauren here. I'm an expert in time management, content creation, and mindset work. My day job is working with overwhelmed or unmotivated business owners or service providers who want to get organized and motivated and review their current business practices so that they can kick start their journey to further success. You know, the average person with an average life lives 27,350 days. And even though we know that we just shape shift into something different after our time is done here, I believe that making use of your time and living the life of your dreams, which is a life of flow and bliss, is so incredibly important. And I want to help you do that. I can help you through business and life challenges. I can help you to, you know, change your mindset, to create time for self-care, to look at your dreams and to create a roadmap to help you get there. Also through the Raw Raw Spirit team, I offer group mentoring as well. So if one-on-one is not your thing, you're interested in more of a group scenario, then that would definitely be an option for you. All the details can be found in the show notes. You can also head to my website at rawrawconsulting.com or you can send me a DM on Instagram or on Facebook at any time to see whether or not working together is uh, maybe a good fit for both of us. All right, time for the episode. Hello, it's Lauren and welcome to the show. This is part two of two episodes actually. And Jennifer Rose is joining me again. We're going to be talking about all things physical mediumship, but before we get to the subject at hand, let's find out a little bit more about Jen, just in case you haven't listened to part one, although I would really strongly recommend that you do go back and check that one out first. So Jennifer Rose serves as a spiritual evidential medium, a spiritual trance healer, a transformational guide, a speaker, and a teacher as a medium, the love, hope, and healing that is is given and received during the connection with spirit is truly a gift. And she feels honored to be doing this sacred work. Her spiritual teaching specializes in spiritual awakening, empathic empowerment, energy awareness, as well as intuition and medium mystic development. Jen is joining me today, and we're going to be covering the subject of physical mediumship because last time we talked, Jen, You know, I kind of was keeping us to an hour. I was the time queen there. And we kind of realized after we spoke that, wait a minute, there is so much more that needs to be said about the practice of physical mediumship. So thank you so much for joining me today to talk about it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be back. So I think that before we get into all of the things that we're going to be discussing in this, this episode, like what's ectoplasm, how to start your own, you know, spiritual circle. uh, I really think that we kind of need to go back and recap a little bit, even for those who have listened to part one, a bit more about what physical mediumship is. And I guess my question to you as well, Jen, is, is physical mediumship also known as the seance? Um, Yes. So um, physical mediumship is the, what we're looking for is to produce physical phenomenon, which would be the most proof um, that the spirit world exists. And so we sit in a physical circle, which could also be called a seance. Um, that is not to be confused with anything you may have seen on TV. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Because when you think about seance, or at least when I think about seance is what I imagine. I imagine a dark room. I imagine candles in the middle of the room. And I imagine, um, you know, that spirit's going to come out and scare the living daylights out of people. And it's a really scary thing. And you never know what's going to happen. And everyone's got anxiety. Is that kind of how it works? (laughs) 
That's kind of how they make it look on TV, as if you can conjure up and force the spirit world to show up. Love is always the bridge. You know, so in a physical circle, we are trying to uh, make a beautiful and loving connection with the spirit world and uh, enjoy the magic that can be created with that loving connection, which happens to be physical phenomenon. That could be hearing direct voice. So that's objective sounds and voices in the air. That could be seeing spirit lights. Um, objects can levitate, people can levitate, uh, ectoplasm can be formed from physical mediums, which could take the shape of, of a face or a, or a body of a deceased person. Um, all kinds of you know, amazing things can be created, uh, physical temperature changes, atmospheric changes. Um, and to us, it's, it's wondrous. It's absolutely magical that we yeah. are getting to experience that connection of two worlds coming together as one. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one thing I do want to ask you a little bit later in our conversations about fraudulence, because I think that when you're talking about some of these things, you know, the knocks, um, the, um, you know, maybe things moving, you know, we do see a lot of amazing things that can happen that look real, but really aren't. So I do want to kind of find out about that. But in a minute, I want yes. to go back to um, your conversation about, or your, your kind of mention is creating a loving environment. Now, doing this podcast and doing the kind of work that I do as well, I do realize that to live the best life possible and to be connected with spirit, you need to raise your vibration to be in a loving place. And that, you know, when you're connected, that you feel supported and you do have that feeling of love, you don't have that feeling of you know, fear per se. One of the things that you mentioned, which blew my mind last time we talked was that one of the ways that you actually prepare or that you kind of, um, I guess, do when you're in your physical mediumship circle, you sing love songs. So can you talk to me a little bit about how, how that works and, you know, how you do get in the loving vibe and why do you think that nobody talks about that part of it? Why is it so, you know, kind of scary, the whole seance thing? The love songs are very common. That's been done for, you know, several decades, all the way back into the 1900s, where um, people would play, uh, play, you know, different songs. Obviously, the genres had changed a little bit, but it was in order to raise the frequency and raise the vibration, get people into their heart space and into that loving mode. So you're you're supporting the the physical medium in the circle, but you're you're really like reaching out to spirit and showing your love and and dedication to them, and um, and it really helps to raise that frequency so you can make that connection. Um, so I think the reason we haven't heard of it is a because of TV and b the, these circles to be more private these days. Uh, physical mediumship is kind mm. of lost in popularity since I would say the, the halfway through the 19th century. You know, it's still alive and people are in physical circles, but they tend to be more private. Um, there are some physical mediums today that you know will do some public demonstrations, but you have to kind of be in the scene to know about those things. So. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess it's kind of, it's not really a mainstream subject. And then when you're talking about things right. like, like ectoplasm and things levitating and, um, you know, in a way it's not really accessible content to everybody. I mean, I can't listen. I can't really understand what ectoplasm is, for example. And I know we're going to talk about that in a minute. Do you think that's part of it? That it's almost, it's so unreal that people just go, oh, that's fake. I think when people start getting involved in spirituality and media, then they tend to find out more about it. So something that you'll be called to also, it's just not for everybody, but it will call you. If you're meant to be going in that direction, you will find yourself there. So that's part of it too. So it might just not be for everybody. And um, and people do, they, they see things on TV, they hear things, they read things. And so they avoid, don't understand what they're scared of too. Um, and you hear the word seance and that can, you know, bring, bring certain images and ideas to people's mind. It's all that is, is sit in a circle together. And people do that all the time for developing their mediumship or their skills. They may sit in a circle in a healing class, sit in a circle in an angel class, all kinds of things. So it's really not that <laughs> big of a deal. Um, maybe it will become more popular in the future. Yeah. As people begin to open their minds. More, I never thought you know? about sitting in a circle and meditation circles being a seance. 
but I guess in a way it is, do you have to kind of try to conjure spirit to call it a seance or is it always a seance that people are getting together and they're connected by spirit? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think people call it that. Um, if they're, you know, just different kinds of circles, like a meditation circles, I'm just trying to, um, explain that it's not that different. So, but yeah, seance is usually, you know, we're not, we're, we're not conjuring spirits. So we're, we're requesting their to join us. We're requesting their company. You could say that, but you can't force spirit to ever come. It's always their intelligence. And it's that love that brings the two worlds mm-hmm. together. So we're in there in hopes of something happening. So you have to be very dedicated to coming every week with that love for spirit to, you know, create a physical phenomenon. But once it's there, it's where it's like, oh my gosh, just heard something I can't explain. I just saw something I can't explain. Understand this could scare someone who's not a medium or doesn't have that experience to us. We're like, oh my God, you wouldn't believe that. Oh my God, what we just saw. <laughs> it's, it's magical. It's magical. It absolutely is. Okay. So Jen, when you were talking there, I guess one of the things that came to mind is that, you know, some people, when they hear about the love songs and they hear about all the love and the good vibrations, let's say um, that happen in the seances or in the circles, you know, that some people still need to kind of get over that element of fear. So do you have any sort of suggestions for how somebody might be able to overcome that fear voice or, you know, almost undo some of the conditioning that they've seen in horror movies or, um, you know, scary movies and, and things like that? Um, it certainly helps if you're maybe in the company of someone maybe more experienced than you that can help you through that. Usually if you're going to end up, you know, in that kind of situation, you probably already had some development already and worked through that. It's not uncommon for people starting, you know, on the journey of going into psychic mediumship to um, to have some fears that they need to work through. You have a good teacher that will help you with that. Um, and, uh, you know, people with experience that can help you work through that to understand that you have to have love to make that connection. Uh, fear is very, uh, what we call a very constrictive ener- energy. So it kind of closes you off. So you have to have kind of an expanded open heart to make those connections. So yeah, it is important to take a little time. With mediumship, you will go through a lot of changes and work through a lot of parts of yourself um, that will change over time so that you can increase your connection. And um, there's a beautiful thing in that, I have to say. I love that a lot. It sounds to me as though you need to understand what your intention is for doing the thing, because sometimes people you know, they might just want to try something just for the sake of trying. But I think that if you have an intention of maybe just being with like-minded people, maybe growing in your spirit, you know, do you think that having a clear intention is helpful for getting, you know, some kind of an outcome? Or do you think that you have to have intention, but you also have to release expectation? Um, Definitely releasing expectation is a part of mediumship development, because we don't have a lot of control over, what the, you know, what information the spirit's going to give us. So we may think we want, want them to give us, you know, their name, address, and phone number. And they're like, no, we're going to show you our personality, <laughs> you know? So you, you, you do want to let go of expectation and that can um, hinder, you know, that can hinder you that, but that's part of the spiritualization process as well. So when I say expectation is, you know, sometimes new mediums will, interesting, we're going in this direction, but someone needs to hear this new mediums will, you know, maybe have some really good experiences as they first start in a development class. And then it doesn't happen to come as easy for them after that, almost like they were given that, that, you know, that easy time in the beginning, and then they have to work a little harder for it with their development. That happens sometimes, but part of the reason it happens was I had such a great connection last week. It's going to look exactly like that this week. And I'm going to have that same, you know, that same feeling. Well, we have to, you know, experience all kinds of different connections and have all kinds of different ways of learning our information. Um, so I go in there with just an open heart, however spirit wants to work with us on that day, what, however much information they want to share with us um, at that, just be open to it. Right. And that's, that's what creates that, you know, that expansion. 
connect with us. Right. And maybe part of it as well as, you know, a lesson in patience or a, le- a lesson in understanding that everything is in divine timing, which, you know, we have to learn pretty much on a consistent basis here in our human situation. <laughs> I was going to say in our human situation, but I mean, our human form. So true. So true. And we also have, um, you know, come from cultures that um, I think we may have uh, touched on this in the last episode that are very success oriented. And so that perfectionistic part of mm-hmm. us that wants to get it perfect and right every single time. And with, uh, with development, it doesn't work that way. So you, you may go to a development circle and you're practicing your readings and you may get a lot of stuff wrong, but that's the reason why you're practicing it. So you can learn from your mistakes before you go out and work with the public. Yeah. So you tend to actually learn more from your than you do from your, from your getting it right, from your wins in those moments. Mm. So, so much, there's so much to learn, but it's, it's very worth the journey if you're committed to it. Yeah, that's so good. And near the end of our conversation as well, we are going to talk about how to create your own circle, your own development circle. Before we get to that conversation, I do want to kind of go to the beginning a little bit. So I do want to kind of talk about how does the physical, you know, um, mediumship circle sort of you know, work operate? Like, do you all enter together at the same time? Do you all know each other in advance? Do you kind of know how it's going to work? I know that um, there's a thing called a cabinet as well, which is a little bit different than, you know, some of the other things that can come up in in physical mediumship. Can you talk to me about all that stuff? (laughs) Talk to me about all that stuff, Jen. (laughs) Well, in these cases, obviously someone's going to have the idea that they want to be in a circle or that they want to create a circle if there isn't one around them. And then they're going to be you know, talking to their friends and spirit has a magic way of just bringing us all together. So it's just kind of funny how it works. But um, so the right people will brought, be brought together at the right time. It is really important to have harmony too. Generally, they run about six to eight people, could be more, could be less. But harmony is really important. Everyone has to get along. Everyone has to be devoted to uh, the circle and to spirit and, and have the, you know, the heart centeredness. Um, it takes a lot of dedication. So you, you show up the same time, the same day every week, you know, unless, of course, you're sick. But um, so it takes that dedication. The cabinet is a, an enclosed space within the room. Um, so if you were to... Um, Uh, In some places, you know, say in England, where uh, like in the Arthur Finley College, I believe they have a a special room with a built-in cabinet all made of wood and it's really fancy. Um, But uh, in a someone who's just doing one, like say in their house, you could just build one out of say, you know, curtains and pipes and things like that. But you need an enclosed space for the physical medium in your circle to help concentrate the energy. Um, the rooms do need to be kept dark, so you have to cut off all the light sources. And you know, even if there's a say a smoke detector, you put some tape over the light to cut through all of that. Um, sometimes people will use a red light, but that's um, that's usually permitted, just not the actual you know white light that we are accustomed to. So you have to make sure the room is nice and dark as well. I guess I was kind of wondering what the cabinet is for when you're talking about creating like, you know, containing energy. So if there's a sort of an area in the middle of the room where the, where the medium is sitting and people are sitting all around it, um, are they kind of, you know, there's that whole, like sending you good vibes and you almost do spirit fingers at somebody. Is it the similar kind of thing where everyone is focusing, sending their good vibes to that one spot? I mean, why do you need to be kind of cut off from the rest of the group for that? Yeah, that's a good question. It is kind of like two separate things going on. The medium is in their own little word world going into trance. Um, and yes, the, everyone else in the group is focused on singing the songs and they're describing together what they're experiencing. Um, so I, I'm feeling the temperature get cold up to my knees. Um, I think I, someone might have just tapped my shoulder. Um, I'm feeling like there's some you know, energy to the left of me. Um, so there's kind of two things going on. You, you certainly are sending love and, and energy to the uh, medium in the cabinet as well. Um, but you're very focused on uh, what's going on outside of the circle as the spirit is doing creating that phenomenon because the medium in the cabinet will be going into trance. So they have very little of what's going on um, outside of the cabinet. 
Um, in some cases, you will have to have the cabinet open if you do have a, a medium that can produce, you know, materialization with um, ectoplasm, because then you have to be able to see that. Um, that's usually going to be um, in, ca in cases where they've probably been sitting for a long time to produce that phenomenon. Right. So, okay. So there's a medium in the middle of the room, but in a way, if you're getting impressions as well, are you also acting as a medium or is there like the, let's, for lack of a better word, is there a star of the show or the leader of the show? And they're the people that are in the middle of the room or how do you kind of determine who's, who's in that area? Sometimes in the beginning of a circle, you may not be sure who the physical medium is. So you may be taking turns into the cabinet to see kind of what happens and what's produced. And then after time, you may have that awareness of, okay, this is, this is the person. Um, I wouldn't call it a star of the show. It's not really like that. It's, it's a mutual um, a mutual circle of people all gathered in love to join spirit. So it's, it's not really about that. So even though, you know, one person may be the physical medium in the circle, um, it doesn't make them say more special than the other ones. Um, people who are in the circle, a lot of times will tend to be, you know, mediums um, in some cases of, of public seances, then you're going to have just regular people coming in to observe and experience that. Um, but they are, you will also be getting development by being, you know, in the circle um, and not being in the cabinet. You're still in that energy. So anyone who is, you know, wanting to build their uh, mediumistic abilities, whether it be mental mediumship or trans mediumship or healing mediumship, you can, um, sitting in that energy is very good for your development. Um, and sometimes people who are also um, in, the, in the circle supporting the medium or supporting the spirit will also find themselves going into trance too. So it, you know, all kinds of things can happen. So you might find you, you just sort of nod off for a couple of songs and then you come back and you go, oh, where was I? <laughs> so spirit is always working with everybody. So if, you know, it's a, it's a great opportunity to get really good development by sitting in that concentrated spiritual energy. I see. Okay. So let me just kind of see if I can you know, not this out a little bit further because I got this, you know, this vision in my mind. So basically you've got a room, you've got six to eight people sitting all around it. They're in the dark. Um, these people know each other. So they're all feeling safe in that area. So in the middle, potentially there is a cabinet of some sort. So it's almost like a sequestered off area where the physical medium is sitting. Now the physical medium is sitting in there and they are essentially receiving energy to get their energy so high that they can generate physical manifestations. Now, when you were talking earlier about feeling the cold or someone's tapping on your shoulder, that's not really a physical apparition, right? Well, the, the cabinet isn't like right in the middle of the circle. It's, it's part of the circle more on the, I would say on the outside and everyone is sort of lined up connecting to it. Um, in the middle of the circle, okay. you may have some other items that you're you're using to help uh, create help create more physical phenomenon. Um, but it is still it is still physical phenomenon if you're getting those you know temperature changes and right. uh, you know feeling a spirit person next to you hearing thing that's that would all be considered physical phenomena if you're feeling the raps or knocks on the wall. Right. So every one of them is, is magical in themselves. Mm. Um, but after, you know, if several years, people may start to get some, you know, really amazing, you know, uh, phenomenon that's um, where lots of things maybe could be happening at once, for example. Mm. Okay, cool. So let's go into the discussion about that happening. So I guess um, when I'm thinking about if you have someone, if you notice that somebody's quite strong in their skills in relation to being able to generate physical manifestations, um, you know, they might be in the cabinet, um, but, uh, but it, I understand it's, a, it's like a group thing, you know, that everyone together is able to, to make these things happen as well. Uh, so Correct. you have items in the middle of the room. So you have items like I know I've heard it. Um, Sometimes people have uh, trumpets or they have glowing balls. You mentioned some of this stuff sort of in the last show. So yeah. can you talk to me a little bit about, about that? And then of course, we'll get into the conversation in a moment about what ectoplasm is, because that's just another amazing kind of thing. Yeah. So the trumpets are really common and they just look like a, a big cone. That's really what they look like. Um, 
They can be made out of metal or they can be made out of, of cardboard even. Um, I think the preference is for metal because then you could um, also put some kind of water, you know, you could splash some water on it too before to sort of help with the connection. The trumpet, it can be used for direct voice to help concentrate the energy to produce the direct voice. So the trumpet can even be levitated up in the air and move around to the different people in the circle. So they would, you know, it can move, say, right to in front of them or to the side of them. And you would hear that voice coming right through it. So it's really cool. So those are very common to have. Mm. Sometimes like you would have like a little dome kind of, uh, you, you see for a uh, special things that you're trying to preserve in your home. Like if you have a clock or something, you have those kind of glass domes to kind of, so you can look at it and protect it at the time. Those can help to concentrate energy as well. Um, the, the glow in the dark balls, I've heard stories of lighting up in the air and like, you know, raising and moving around. So I haven't seen that yet, but I, we have the balls, but we haven't seen them move yet. So mm -hmm. we're hoping. Um, sometimes people will put toys in case there's a child spirit comes and then the toys you might hear them turn on or or make a sound in case there's a spirit of a child that's coming that's wanting to play some seances will also have a like a wax available so there's been studies with where the spirit has been able to create like hand molds out of the wax and there the hand molds come in such um, a form that there's no way that you could you could fake it because the hands will be closed off. And so in order to pull your hand out, it would, it would have to break, it would have to break the mold or they're much smaller than, you know, an adult hand would be. So those are pretty amazing too, to see them do that. So it's another form of proof that no one could fake that. Wow. That's so cool. So when these things are happening, I mean, you kind of mentioned trance the is the physical medium in trance and therefore generating all of this stuff or is some of the, some of the stuff also happening just because of the energy of the people in the room it's it's everything combined yeah. so it's like the everyone in the circle is um, helping to contribute to the energy and of course the spirit world is contributing to the energy as well so as well so you can you can feel the change so you you could come into your circle and be chit chatty and all of a sudden you know say you get there 10 minutes early and you're chit chatting a little bit all of a sudden you just feel the change in the energy you know and you're oh it's time they're here so we know like then they're ready to work with us. So they're definitely providing a lot of the energy as well. So it's a combined effort. Right. Okay. And do, would you say that in the physical, you know, mediumship work that you've, you've experienced um, that, you know, there's kind of a connection with healing as well. I mean, you were kind of mentioning that there's a really big opportunity for people to develop further when they're in these groups, but do people also get healed? Yeah, that is certainly possible. Yeah, that is certainly possible that um, in that um, environment, that spirit could work with you. Because even in uh, your re just regular mediumship development, spirit can work with you to provide you healing as well in whatever form uh, they see fit for you or whatever is needed the most. So that's definitely a possibility that you could receive healing. Um, I, I do remember one story of a... Uh, this would not be in a physical circle, but a person who was being healed by a trance uh, healer and somehow like diseased bone that was not savable got replaced by good bone. So we have that sort of dematerialization, rematerialization um, in during like what would be called like a psychic surgery with a trance healer healing medium. Um, and I mean, that's just wow. amazing. Yeah. So it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It's kind of the stuff where you're like, really, did that really happen? I know, I know, but miracles are around us all the time. We yeah. just have to be open to seeing it, but they're around us all the time small miracles to big miracles and anything is possible because we have to remember we are spirit too. this physical reality. We know that we know from science that everything is made of energy and nothing is really solid. So when you go into that framework of thinking, you start to realize this sort of separation of two worlds is not real. There's an illusionary aspect of that. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
And so that's what's so beautiful about getting into mediumship is you're strengthening that connection of getting to, to feel sort of the, the deeper truth of who you are, which is spirit. We are all spirit first and foremost, having a human experience. Yeah, that's so good. And, you know, that's one of the aims of this podcast actually is to remind people that we're not alone, that that separation between us and spirit is not real. Yeah, so true. So true. So we have to go back a little bit. I know I took us in on a tangent there, but I do want to talk a bit more about some of the physical manifestations that can happen in a circle, such as ectoplasm. So I know we did touch a little bit on this um, last time we spoke and and I did Google it later, actually, because I was kind of like, this is crazy what this is. (laughs) Um, But I know we're going to talk a little bit about that now. So what is ectoplasm exactly? And does everybody have it? Um, That's a good question. I don't think everybody has it. I think it's quite rare for somebody to be able to produce that. Um, So it's, it's a material that can come out of a physical medium. So usually with a physical medium, uh, you would be able to see red in their spiritual aura, which would indicate physical abilities. Um, If you haven't seen that, then you're just, you know, you're waiting to see, you know, if that medium, if things happen when that medium is the one who's sitting in the, uh, the cabinet. And so it's, it's uh, coming from the medium can come out of the orifice. So let's just say the mouth, the nose, the ears, those are the more comfortable ones to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's sort of, uh, you know, whitish, whitish substance. It can, it has some, you know, organic materials from the medium's body and then it, but it's also an energetic substance too. So it can take the form of, uh, it can have different forms and different state of matter. And it's, there's a, and an intelligence to it. So there's definitely a spiritual component too that would be difficult to, to put into words, but there's definitely an intelligence to it. So it can have this sort of cheese clothy look, this sort of cloudy, misty look. Um, it can be sort of a gassy form, kind of a filamenty form. It can go to pasty, gelatinous um, into a more solid state of matter. So it's very changeable. It's very light sensitive and heat sensitive. Uh, so it's unstable. Um, so when people have tried to, to capture it, you know, then it could kind of dissolve or disintegrate. Um, at the end of the manifestation of ectoplasm, it usually returns back to the medium. Uh, but what has been seen uh, before is that ectoplasm can then come and take forms and show a face, even show like a full body type of apparition. It's not actually the spirit, but sort of a, a, like a, I would almost say it's like a copy of it, but I don't know if everyone agree with me on that one, but Mm. um, you would see the apparition, but then the intelligence of the spirit could add, you know, having it, you know, talk, having it talk to you too. So um, it's a really interesting subject. It's not like what you would see on uh, Ghostbusters or one of those movies like Green Slime. No, not that. (laughs) (laughs) I have not gotten to see it yet, but I, ho- I hope someday I will. In your opinion, I mean, I know you have not seen it. So, I mean, maybe what you, what you know is also from what you've read or people who have seen it. But, you know, if you're a physical medium, yeah. do you go, all right, I'm going to use my ectoplasm now? Or does it just happen because you're in a trance state and therefore you're just kind of, you have no expectation, you're just a conduit? Um, that would be a good question. I, you know, and any kind of medium is really a conduit, but you have to have a lot of trust already sort of built up with spirit. And um, I don't think you can control it. You can't like force it to happen. So it's going to be up to the spirit world of what happens to you. Um, but generally you may hear the, uh, the uh, control of the medium, which is like their main guy come through and perhaps talk about that and let people know that that was going to happen. Um, but yeah, you can't really control it, but you could send the thought out to spirit. I don't want that experience. And they would, they would listen to you. Mm-hmm. They would never force you to have an experience that you don't want to have. Um, the, the one thing that's important about ectoplasm is because it is light sensitive. There have been situations where, you know, people have tried taking pictures of it, like back in the past and, um, it would cause it to retract. And then they would have kind of like burns on their belly, like it was coming out of their belly button. So, um, so that's a thing. And that's one of the reasons why you're, you just don't hear about 
these uh, physical manifestations in that way as much anymore. So because there's the issue of the light sensitivity and not wanting to harm the medium in any way. Right. And then there's the other side of the coin, which is, well, you need to prove it before I'm going to believe it. That's fine. And the spirit world is more than happy to keep proving to you over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. So they're not, <laughs> Yeah. that's the beauty of it. Um, I, you know, cause I know some mediums um, that just need that proof. They just really, really need it. And the spirit world just keeps providing it over and over and over again. And that's, what's so lovely. They're perfectly okay with that. They know it's hard to believe. They know that the mind has trouble, you know, getting their mind around that and, and believing it. So that's okay. They'll keep at it. They'll keep with you. Uh, you just have to have an open mind and an open heart. That's, that's really what's important. That's so cool. Um, and I should say, you know, they're, yeah, the, you know, there definitely has been issues of people faking ectoplasm, you know, especially back in the, you know, the 1900s. So, but that prompted, you know, things happened for a reason that prompted lots of psychical investigation. And so there's just mounds and mounds of investigative work done on mediums and physical mediumships and trance mediumship. Um, and so it's beautiful to have all of that research available for people to go in and read and investigate for themselves if they want to. So that, that's definitely is an issue and can still be an issue today. So you don't have to just blindly believe everything you see. Um, it's definitely good to go in with open eyes as well and, you know, make sure you're, uh, keep asking for the proof if that's important to you. Um, what you will see, you know, in today is if you were to look more into physical mediumship, say online, you might see pictures where people are in a chair and they're in the cabinet, but they're like restrained. So they've got like tie Velcro or ties or something around their arms and their uh, feet. It looks probably a little strange <laughs> to somebody who's never seen that before, yeah. but that is... <laughs> That is specifically to prevent fraudulence so that a medium during a seance couldn't get out of the cabinet and start faking things. That is the reason why that is done. So I, I know it looks crazy, but there's a reason why they do that. It's to prevent fraudulence because that is important. You know, keeping ethics and mediumship is highly important. Faking it doesn't do anybody any good. It makes the whole, uh, the whole process of mediumship look bad. So, you know, mediums don't want that. So we, we want to offer that proof the best we can yeah. for people. Yeah, exactly. Cause you're, you're not out there to, you know, trick people. You're out there to serve and to be a conduit for love. Exactly. Exactly. That's what it's all about. Mm. So there's no other reason to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no other reason to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all about healing. When I was thinking about physical mediumship, one of the things that I was thinking about were, um, were Ouija boards. Do you call those spirit boards or is it the same thing? Or is that? Yeah. 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 That's a, yeah. That's a great question. So back the, the birth of spiritualism happened in the, the mid 18, 1800s. I'm sorry. Is it, yeah. The mid 1800s. Um, and people started making their own spirit boards to connect with spirit. So the connecting with spirit became uh, really popular. So there was Seances were very popular, especially with the, I'm going to say like the upper class, because they can afford to hire the medium to do that. Um, it even happened in, I believe seances happened in the White House as well. So, but people started making their own spirit boards as a way to connect. It's a very easy way to connect uh, without having to say, go for a reading to a medium. And then um, someone decided to capitalize that and, and basically produce them like that you could sell in a store and just called it the Ouija board. That was the name they came up for it. Now, since then, um, people have made movies about the board and made it, you know, turn into some really scary thing, but it's, it's just like a game board. Like if you, if you bought a game from the store, like, you know, uh, the game of life or a monopoly or something like that. It's a piece of cardboard and you have a disc. It's called a planchette. Sometimes they're a triangular shape or they're round shape. And um, unless it's the Ouija board brand, you'll have other kinds of spirit boards that look different. They have like astrological signs. They have little angel pictures on them. Um, they have the letters and the numbers. Um, a lot of other things um, that spirit can use to uh, symbols to use to get messages. 
it's no different than using a tarot cards or oracle cards or a pendulum or any of those divination tools. So it's really sad because such such an easy way to communicate as long as you have enough energy to do that. Um, that it's so it's sad that people are so scared of it, but it's no different. So it's a, ma- a matter of getting your mind sort of off of the movies and what what people have portrayed it to be, which is pretty sad. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's so funny though, because when I've talked to people about divination tools, nobody's really ever brought up the spirit board or the Ouija board. Like they, it's just not. I don't know if they don't know about it or they've just it's not common, so they don't mention it. But I mean, when you were speaking there and talking about angels and signs, and I just thought it's really how something is also packaged. If something is packaged with like a scary witch face and, you know, ghosts coming out of the closet and scaring the living crap out of you, then yeah, you're not going to be called to that. But if it's a beautiful board of angels and rainbows and colors and sparkles, I mean, for me, I'm on board with that. No pun intended. Yeah. They actually have angel boards, you know, like angel spirit boards too, which are made. They're very beautiful. Um, So it's just, it's, it's a nice way to communicate. So it's, it's sad that it's, you know, received this, this bad rap. So um, it takes a lot of, you know, energy to, to move the disc, you know, and so you're going to need enough people and you don't want to go into it with fear. You want to go into it with love. So that would be another great time to put happy music on happy, uplifting music. Maybe it's dance music. So you could play classical music. You could play dance music, disco music, love songs, (laughs) anything to kind of raise the vibration. And, you know, if uh, a lot of times there'll be mediums that will be doing it together and they're just having a great time talking about their loved ones or connecting with their loved ones because loved ones can come through guides can come through. Um, I'll share, you know, a wonderful story. Um, we were at a, um, a going away party for a friend that was moving and we used the board afterwards. Most of uh, people had left, but there was a few of us left and there was one gal who was, she was very scared to use it. So she said, well, I'll just watch. And we said, okay. So she watched, And lo and behold, the first person that came uh, on the board was her late husband. And he was like doing the XOXO, the hugs and kisses and all of this beautiful stuff. Their anniversary was the next day. She was just taken aback. I mean, it completely changed her reality in those few minutes of connecting with her husband. It was just so beautiful and so love-filled. So, Mm. I mean, what an, you know... How many times do you get to have that experience like that? You know, so, so good. <laughs> such a such a lovely story. Yes, that's such yeah. a great story. And you know what? You're really making me think that it's about a re-education. And, and I'm kind of having a moment even with myself here as I think about it, where I'm going, I really you know, need to be re-educated on the whole spirit board concept, because, you know, even when you were talking about playing dance music or, you know, having music actually playing on the radio, you know, behind, I I always just thought you need to be really quiet, need to be really, you know, super focused. And then that automatically makes me feel a little bit nervous, but if I'm feeling good and happy and I've got my music on and I'm intending to connect with spirit, like sometimes I'll do my cards and I've got music on and, you know, life feels good. Uh, I just realized that maybe it's a bit of a re-education. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, hopefully this may change things for some people who are listening to this program yeah. that they understand that it's about, it is about the love. So, you know, again, fear constricts and contracts energy. So when that's, you know, you have a lot of that present, then what's happening if, you know, say you're on the board, you know, and you're going into it with fear you know, maybe that disc moves a little bit, but you're not getting any intelligent communication. That's not spirit. That's you pushing the board or your own psychic energy, pushing it around, but it's not spirit communicating with you. Um, and, you know, there may be, uh, there may be someone with, you know, physical abilities that is in the group that isn't aware of with that. So maybe you get some other, you know, manifestations where you might hear some knocking balls and things like that and understand that to us mediums, that's magical. We're like, thank you, spirit. Thank yeah. you for doing that. Cause we know they put a lot of work into making that happen. Yeah. Right. And here's a, here's the fun thing is what kind of spirits would do this kind of work, like with physical mediumship, 
you're going to have the scientists and the engineers because they're going to have that intelligence, right, to, to be working in that kind of capacity. They're probably the ones who in life did not believe in this type <laughs> of thing. But in the afterlife, <laughs> here they are <laughs> helping to create all of this magic. So that's what's kind of, isn't it ironic, but so funny and so beautiful at the it same time. Is. It's so wonderful. It's like a full circle kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, that's so good. And I think it needs to come back to what you were saying earlier when you were talking about miracles, you know, that, you know, because when, when you have these conversations with people and I pretty much say it in every single show, I just go, it just seems too, too amazing and too good to be true in a way. But I mean, you know, the only reason why I, I, I sometimes feel that, oh, it's too good to be true, or it's just too amazing is because I've just been, you know, conditioned to think otherwise, or it's just like me needing to unprogram some of my stuff. And I know a lot of people probably feel the same way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, spirit is willing to take their time with us and they're very patient and they're very understanding, yeah. you know, because um, they've, a lot of them have had physical lives here too. So they understand what it's like to sort of be under the veil and have the skeptical mind and, and so forth too. Um, uh, it would be fun to talk a little bit about table tipping as yeah, well. It's another form of communication. If that, um, table tipping and spirit boards, some people would include that in physical mediumship and some people would say it's kind of connected but separate. So it depends on who you talk to. Um, but with table tipping, people will uh, usually have a lightweight table, but they have done them with much heavier ones too. So back in the back in the early days at the birth of spiritualism and spiritism, they had uh, tables actually levitating in the air and spinning, which was, that's a whole nother fun phenomenon in itself. Wow. Um, but with table tipping, it's another form of communication where the, the table will actually tip. And so for instance, you'll have like one tip for yes, two for no, three for, um, three for ask a different question or ask it a different or I'll go through the alphabet. So you're counting through the alphabet to get to see if you're asking the name of the spirit communicator, but that table can also start dancing around the room. So you literally, you're getting out of your chairs and you're following it. It's, it's so fun. Again, people will play happy, you know, happy, high, high vibe music with that too. Um, and you can't push it yourself. So you're, when you're, when your hands are on the table, very, very light touch. Same with the spirit board, very, very light touch. You want to make sure you're not doing any of it. Otherwise that's not the spirit, it's you. So, but uh, when you're seeing the real thing, that's quite magical in itself too. So that's another fun way uh, to meet, to communicate with spirit as well. Wow. Okay. So just so I've got this clear. So you have a table and then do you put your, your hands on it and then you'll kind of feel the pressure of the direction in which the table leans. Is that kind of how, um, yeah, you don't know how it's going to lean. So yeah, your hands are very lightly on the edges. Usually it's like a three-legged table kind of round. Those are the ones that most people use, but it doesn't have to be. It can be just a, you know, conventional, you know, a square table, whatever you have. Um, but it, it will move. So if you're, say, in a circle of, you know, six people, the table may, may actually even like travel over to one person and lean into them like it's giving them a hug. It's so cool, wow. <laughs> but then it can start like, you know, moving around the, moving around the room as well. Um, right. And in cases where they've had um, uh, like tables levitating in there, that's usually, you know, with psychokinesis or with ectoplasm coming during, you know, during like a seance and then the ectoplasm can come in and under things and raise them up and levitate that as well. Oh, right. So um, yeah, it gets pretty fascinating. What spirit can do is that's absolutely amazing. And I'm looking at the tables in the area yeah. where I'm sitting and I've got two super solid coffee tables. Like these are so heavy that it would be impossible for me to lift one of them by myself. So you'd never use a table like that, right? You, like you said, you use a Yeah. It probably would be better to find a, like a lightweight sort yeah, of decoration yeah. table. Yeah. That's sort of small and round and with like three legs. Um, I mean, spirit can do anything, but um, it would be easier, especially in the beginning to have a small, lightweight table, one of those little accent tables. Yeah. Um, and again, you want your fingers to be very, very light on the surface because it's not, you're not doing the pushing. That's what spirit is doing for you. Mm -hmm. So, yes. So you have experienced that yourself, have you? 
Um, I've done it a couple of times and it was really, really fun. So I saw the table, you know, basically like dance around the room. And I was just, I was, it was early on in my development. So for me, it was just a magical, so fun experience to be able to do. I was just, my eyes were wide eyed, like a child in a candy store. I have to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. So, yeah. I can't yeah. imagine. So did you have your hands on it while it moved around or were you, were you witnessing this happening? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, again, you're just keeping your fingertips on it, mm-hmm. but it can be hard because it can be, be, it can be moving so fast that you're like having a hard time staying with it <laughs> because mm-hmm. so that really shows you how highly intelligent spirit is. So, but yeah, you're trying like really hard once it's moving around like that, you're trying really hard to stay with it because now you're up and out of your chair <laughs> and moving around with it. It doesn't always do that. So you may just have uh, a normal kind of sitting where it's just, you know, doing the kind of the tipping within the circle and you're staying seated. It can be a laborious process to sort of keep your hands in that position. So your arms can get kind of tired. You have to be willing to stay with it for, you know, perhaps a couple of hours. So, cause the energy has to build and, and so forth. Right. Um, and you have to be okay if if nothing happens that people can sit on a spirit board or a table or in a seance and they have to be okay with nothing happening at all because you just don't know what is you know sort of happening in the background they may still be working on your development but it's just not the day to be producing phenomena like that right right so when you were talking about table tipping you said you know yes for one way no for another way another way for ask a question and then you mentioned the alphabet so can you kind of ask spirit any question yeah. is it better to ask them yes or no questions or do you ever say to them hey which job should i choose you know and then they like come to you <laughs> for example yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not always going to tell us what to do if we ask. So they may, they're very into having us step into our own power mm-hmm. and, um, and make this for ourselves because we are spirit, but say they did want to answer that question. You know, it may be easier to ask some specific questions in which case, you know, they can easily one for yes or two for no, that we save some time. Um, but if you need something specific, then they might fill it out. Um, and uh, like if you're asking their name, you know, maybe you get the letters and then you can figure out the rest of the name after that. So T-H-O-N, oh, is it Thomas? And then you'll get a yes or a no. You know, All like right. That. Um, you can kind of do it. That way. Right. In your experience, do the spirits that come through, are they connected to the people in the development circle or in the, in the spirit circle? Or are, are they often, you know, could they be angels as well? Um, usually they're guides or loved ones yeah. that come through, um, angelic, um, energy is certainly possible. We certainly have felt, uh, vibrations or frequencies that have that angelic feel to it too. Um, I don't know that I've seen anyone just come out and say they're, you know, come out like, uh, saying that they're an angel or announcing themselves that way, mm. but anything is possible. So I have to say yeah. <laughs> any, anything is possible. Um, and also we have to understand that guides too can kind of change form to sort of make us more comfortable in what we need for. So for instance, if um, a young child ha- has spiritual abilities, their guide may show up as a child to, in order not to scare them to have, you know, start that communication in their early life, but they don't want to scare them. Sometimes guides will show up, you know, they might show up as a native American, or they might show up as, you know, some sort of angelic type of being looking spirit too, but it's whatever will kind of help us to feel more comfortable because some people might like, they have that, uh, that vision, like a native American would feel good to them versus just a regular guy, yeah, for example. Right. So they can kind of change forms to be what we need to be what we need. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. For our highest comfort. I love that so yeah. much. So you did sort of mention that when you are wanting to create your own circle, that um, you're supposed to keep in mind, um, you know, six to eight people, they're all harmonized, they're all um, in harmony with each other. The people are dedicated. They show up at the same time every week uh, that you have a room mm-hmm. that's kept dark. Are there some other tips and tricks or things to do or not do when you are creating your circle? Because I would imagine that you know, even if my friend Sally, for example, is a good friend of mine, she might not be the right fit for my development circle or my spirit circle. 
yeah, so harmony is very important. So you definitely want everyone who's there to be interested in physical mediumship and interested in, in uh, having that experience and being okay with putting the time in. Um, and, you know, in the beginning, you may not know who the physical medium is. So people might be taking turns, you know, in the cabinet and we're kind of uh, feeling out what's happening with each person. Um, and you, you might even be to decide, have that person be absent one time to see then if you feel a change. Um, so you're trying to figure out who the physical medium is, you know, unless someone's going into trance and, and literally spelling it out for the group. So you just never quite know how that's going to happen. Um, in which case you may have, you may have, you know, the mediums all want to be the medium, you know, they may all want to be the physical medium. Yeah. So you have to be sort of okay with somebody else having that job. And then you're, you know, you're in the, the role of doing the singing and doing the discussing and so forth. So, you know, harmony is very important. Being okay with your circle is very important. Love is the most important thing. It's coming there with an open heart. Mm. Yeah. Loving everybody in the circle is really important. It becomes like, it becomes like a family. Yeah, no, I believe that. And especially when it's a safe area, I mean, you're going through these ex experiences that are just absolutely amazing, uh, experiencing miracles together. So you, you would develop that that family feeling with them. That's, that's no surprise. Exactly. Um, yeah. So we are at our hour, Jen, it's uh, not a surprise that we needed a full episode to talk about physical <laughs> mediumship, let's just say, <laughs> but is there anything that I didn't ask that you really wanted to bring up or elaborate a little bit more on? I think we covered so much and what a, you know, what a wonderful hour it went by so quickly. Um, but just, just a reminder that if you're going to be doing this work, that it's, it's all about the heart. It's all about love. It's all about being open. Mediumship will change you. Well, you'll feel much more spiritual as you go through the process of your development and just be, be okay with taking your time with it and developing a trusting relationship with spirit. But the most important thing is that you you have the love and the open heart. That's what makes it all work. That's what the magic is. It's really that simple. We we as human beings, you know, that part of us likes to make things so complicated, but you know, at the end of the day, it all comes down to the heart. It all comes down to love. And that that is how we have that beautiful loving communication and have those magical experiences and you know, everybody, you know, wants to experience a miracle or experience magic. So we're telling you that, you know, there is a way to do that. And people are doing that. And um, so just, you know, try to have that open mind and be willing to understand that uh, what the things that people are afraid of, that be open to other explanations. Because like I said before, what, what might scare a person, you know, who hasn't had a, you know, mediumistic development, say, you know, they think they saw um, a spirit person. For us, we would be so grateful and excited for that experience. So it's just a matter of switching your perspective or your perception yeah. in that. And so just really keep doing the, the self-work and building the self-love within yourself, you know, learning to see everybody else through the eyes of love and learning to have that love and reverence and respect for the spirit world because they do so much for us. You know, they do so much for us to try to make this experience easier for us. And our loved ones want to communicate with us and want to stay connected with us. And they're really doing most of the work. And so we are so grateful for that. So if we could just have that love and respect and reverence for them, it would just be, you know, so much more wonderful. You know, there's, that's where the magic is. Mm, so well said, yeah. so beautiful. So Jen, how can people find out more mm -hmm. if they want to, um, you know, maybe work with you if they want to get a reading from you? Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, uh, yes, yeah, sure. Um, I do readings, um, workshops and classes um, at uh, www.mediumjenniferrose.com. Uh, my Facebook is Medium Jennifer Rose and my Instagram is Jennifer Rose Medium. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I know I learned a lot and I, I realized that, um, 
Yeah. It's so cool when you get a different perspective on things and you go, wait a minute, I've had a, a belief or a program there about from, you know, the, the example I'm thinking of is the whole Ouija board thing, the whole spirit board thing that, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to, um, to, you know, I guess, uh, reprogram my mind with a new narrative. <laughs> so thank you for that. Oh, you're so welcome. It's always good to learn and grow and change. And we're always changing and learning every day. So that there's a lot of beauty in that. So thank you so much for having me. I'm quite honored to be able to talking about these subjects with you. And I, I hope that, you know, the listeners get something out of it and really enjoy this material and, and really feel the love. Yeah, they will for sure. Thank you, yeah. my friend. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcasts and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.